In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you paying it forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Drugginet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Paying It Forward. I'm your host, Josephine Jirasi, and yes, I know I always say this, that I have an amazing guest, but really, today, you're going to learn a lot. So let's begin with our business tip of the week. As business owners, we must always remember that you get out what you put in. We all have busy schedules. We have kids, homes, spouses. We have a lot going on and a lot to take care of. However, if you don't put the time into your business, you can't expect it to get to the next level without lots of dedication. So that's my business tip of the week. So with that, I'd like to introduce you to my guest. Her name is Samantha Edis. And... Talk about personal branding. She is a real pro. She's a contributor to Forbes magazine. She writes Personahood. She is an amazing bestseller author. Now, seriously, I have her books. I love them, and I can't wait for her to tell us more about it. Um, It's an entire series. She's got four books out. You know, Random House had published them. They're um, the Expert's Guide book series. And she's also, I can't wait to hear about her fifth book. It's all about personal branding for women. Okay, so now we've got her books. We have an extremely talented guest today I want everybody to know. So now we've taken care of her personal branding. We've taken care of her books. Now I need to tell you that Samantha launched... um, the first agency for personality-driven brands in 2001. So she came up with this. uh, She penned the expression celebrity assets. And I can't wait. She'll tell us more about that. She's been on TV big time. She's been on the Today Show, the Early Show, the O'Reilly Factor. Um, She was on air as a correspondent for New York City TV. She hosted the iCelebrate series for NBC and iVillage. And she produced and hosted more than 75 episodes of ObsessedTV.com, which I have to tell you, it's a leading web video talk show that is just so, so much fun. Um, She co-created that with the internet celebrity Gary Vaynerchuk, and I got the privilege of meeting Gary just a couple of months ago when I also met Samantha at um, the Spark and Hustle conference by Tori Johnson. So I just want to finish up by saying Samantha has big time credentials behind her. 
She has a BA in social anthropology and an MBA, both from Harvard University. So she's a great public speaker. I have to tell you, I admired the way she did her presentation at the conference. I went right up to her and complimented her because it's a talent to be able to get up there. She she has all the confidence. She's got the look. She, she just empowered the audience. And after she gave her presentation, I went up to her and I said, Samantha, you have to be a guest on my radio show because you're brilliant and I know my listeners would absolutely love to hear all of the business tips that you have to share. So with that, I'd like to give a very warm, warm welcome to Samantha Edis. Samantha, good morning and thank you for being um, a guest on radio Hi. on Paying It Forward. How are you, Samantha? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this is going to be a fun show, I know. So before we get started, Samantha, do you want me to call you Samantha or Sam? You can call me Sam at this point. With that intro, you can always call me Sam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds wonderful. So, Sam, you're just an amazing person. I have to tell you, when um, that Tory Johnson conference was just riveting, and Gary started the whole conference, and he's such a young, energetic guy, and so talented and so successful, and I was so happy when I was doing my research on you, I was so happy to see that the two of you are matched up. It's so funny. Yeah. It's like it's like that's your married business life. I'm sorry for your husband, but you know what I'm saying. It's like the two of you. He's the male version of you. you that's know, that's hilarious. <laughs> you know, that's the way I look at it. And the two of you just have this whole. Um, I don't know. You, your personalities just blend so nicely, and you do such a great job. I love all of your, you know, as a host, it's not as easy as sometimes as people think it is because the interview is only as good as the questions that are asked, and I just think you do an amazing job with, you know, your questions. Oh, so. thank you so much. It was, it's, it was a, very, uh, a very easy collaboration because Gary Vaynerchuk had written a chapter in my last book, um, The Expert's Guide to Doing Things Faster. He wrote a chapter on how to understand wine faster. And when uh-huh. we met, I try to meet all the experts who've contributed to my books. And when we met, we immediately had so much in common because we're so passionate about business and entrepreneurs. And, um, and that's why we launched the, the talk show together. But yeah, he's, he's definitely an inspiration and, and uh, definitely has taught me a ton about social media. And um, uh-huh. he's responsible for getting me very, very involved and adept at Twitter and sort of seeing the, the benefits of it. Yeah, I mean, he is the true guru for yeah. social media, and um, I learned so much just by going to that conference. I have to tell you, I have, I guess my Twitter is, I'm almost breaking 900, but when I was at that conference, it was 300. So I've you. tripled. That's really fast. Tripled since the conference, so, and it was That's only amazing. like two months ago. So, wow. yeah, so I applied his tips. It's all about That's applying amazing. what you're learning. Absolutely. Okay, so Samantha, I want to know, when you were younger, did you ever think you were going to be this major entrepreneur? 
I did. You know, I've always been someone who's super passionate. I mean, if I am talking about my favorite fruit, I'm talking about it as excitedly as I talk about a business. <laughs> it's just my personality. And so I can't help it. I mean, sometimes my husband's like, okay, it's just a piece of fruit, you know, whatever. But it, it's just the way I am. So I'm always passionate about everything I do. And when I was younger, that passion was mostly focused on journalism. Okay. Um, and so even in high school, I was writing articles for different published magazines, and that was a passion of mine. Um, and then when I went to college, they didn't have any vocational majors, and so I ended up focusing. Um, I had my major was in social anthropology, which was the study of people, which just correlated with my passion for, for different people and cultures. So that sort of led me down a path where I just I stayed in media but always used my social anthropology background, I would say, as almost like a, a, a blueprint for everything else I did because I think one of the things that's so important in all of my endeavors and even in just sales and anything we do uh-huh. is understanding other people. And, you know, you can't sell anything, whether it's a car or an idea, to another person, or you can't even book a guest on your radio show without understanding what motivates other people. And so I think of that as sort of the, the, back, the backbone of everything I do. I think you're so right, Sam. And the whole thing is, like you said, even with the radio show, it's like in order to do your job right, you really got to know your guests and you've got to do your research. And I just see that you've done that with everything. I was listening to lots of interviews that you had done. And with every single book that you've written, what cracks me up, Sam, is that you do the cold calling yourself. I cannot believe you cold called Donald Trump to get him. It's funny. When people say to me, oh, you're an author, I I think of myself more as a producer. Um, Because to me, I think it seems like the, the the my books are almost you know I haven't written any part of my book except for the introduction the, they're almost like a cliff note to life so when I first came up with the idea for the first book it was born out of necessity it was that I felt like I was very well educated you know in a, in a sort of book sense but I'd never been educated on certain things in life like how do you set a formal table and what's the perfect way to apologize and all of these sort of etiquette things and I, I pulled tons of people and asked them what's the thing you would most want to learn like how to do perfectly even if it's something you already do every day and the things that came up were things like how to wash your hair so I approached Frederick Fakai to write a chapter on that or yeah. how to save money and I approached Susie Orman and really the hardest thing was just finding the right people and then I just felt like you know what I'm going to cold call all of them and I'm going to cold call my A-list top choice and if they say no, you know, the worst thing that happens is they say no and I move to the second person. And I think a lot of us in business don't realize that what is the worst thing that happens is you, you yeah. get a no. And, you know, it hurts a little bit, but it's just not that big a deal. Yeah, but you know what, Sam? I think you're so right. The more you do it, the less it hurts. The less the no hurts. And I know in one of your interviews, you had said something that's so important, and I repeat it over and over on my show, is that no doesn't necessarily mean no forever. It just means no for right now. And I love what you did with Barbara Corcoran, how you just slowly but surely when she said, I'm too busy to write that chapter for you, 
you knew exactly how to follow up with her in a diplomatic way and you sent her your second book and then sure enough she came around and she you said she wrote one of the best chapters in one of your books yes and I and I, and I you know I said that with, with everyone I approached for the most part I was able to turn a no into a yes simply with persistence by saying to them, you know, and, and the other thing, it's not just persistence, I should say. A lot of it is preparation. It's before I ever approach anyone, whether it's cold calling them or with a cold email, I think these days, you know, even my last book was much more put together through email than cold calling. Um, uh-huh. You know, the, the, I think the most important thing is just really being prepared. So knowing exactly who they are, what their projects are, and being able to cite those so that it wasn't seeming like I was just throwing everything at the wall and trying to figure out what sticks, it was approaching them with confidence and feeling like, and I really did believe that they would benefit from being a part of, part of the, book. the book. Exactly. Oh, and so, so I felt like yeah. I was giving them something of value as well. I wasn't just taking. Oh, that's incredible. And that's why we have you on paying it forward because you're always paying your knowledge forward, Sam. So we'll be back shortly. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guest teaches how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time with author and inventor Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Season Me is on Toginet, a delightful, thoughtful, serious, and not-so-serious call-in show with Cecil Murphy and Twyla Belk. Tuesday nights at 8, 7 Central on Toginet.com. You know Cease is the veteran author from 90 Minutes in Heaven, Gifted Hands, When a Man You Loved Was Abused, and many other books, as well as a mentor for writers. And Twyla Belk is an effervescent force known as the Gotta Tell Somebody Gal. She's also a writer and motivational speaker who's always bragging on God. For more on Cecil Murphy, go to his website, Cecil Murphy, that's P-H-E-Y dot com. And for Twyla, GottaTellSomebody.com. The show, Season Me, is a far-reaching, faith-based, shared conversation and call-in show with questions welcome. A chance to get everything out in the open. From questions about writing, to surviving sexual abuse, to the topics of the day. All from a Christian worldview to help you. Season Me, Cecil Murphy, Twyla Belk. Tuesday evenings at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. It's Josephine here, and we have Sam Edis with us. And Sam, so you are just such a talented individual. You have your hands involved in so much stuff. You have three little children. You're married. 
You live in Manhattan, right, Sam? You're living yes. in the city? Yes. Oh. I'm so envious because I oh, don't in- be. You know, we're always we're always <laughs> tight on space here, and I'm always trying to find indoor activities for my kids that don't require a huge giant basement. So, <laughs> oh, that's so funny, Sam. But I just I lived in Midtown Manhattan for twelve twelve years, and it was like the highlight. I just absolutely loved all the excitement, and now I don't live that far. I'm about an hour out of the city. Between I live on Long Island, between the Hamptons and Manhattan, but um, I just miss the city terribly, Sam. Well, you'll have <laughs> but, to move back there at some point. <laughs> it sounds good. It sounds good. But um, all right. So with that, my question to you is, how have you been able to manage your time between work and your family? I, I talk about this a lot because I, I'm so passionate about women working. I think it's you know, I think my generation of women was told you can sort of have it all. You can, you can, um, you can, you know, take off ten years from your career to raise your kids and then go back to work. But I've seen time and time again that it's just really difficult unless you keep always a foot in the door. And I think I always say to women, it's so important if you decide to stay at home that that is not. Like that you don't really broadcast that to the world, that you always keep some involvement in work, or it's just simply impossible to get hired over the person who's been consistently working. And so I think it's so important for women to have lifelong careers because your kids are only little for a very short time, and it's really important. So I, I have a few tips that I think are really key to balancing. One is picking, and this comes before, before marriage even, but picking the right spouse. You need a spouse that is, you know, a partner that is going to believe in your career and think it's as important as their career. And you if know, you don't Sam, have that, I, it's just not yeah. possible. I think that is an amazing point. I agree with you so much. And Sam, do you know what I think they should do? I think in high school, there should be a course. <laughs> you can think I'm crazy, but <laughs> I really believe I agree with you. I think there should be a course that you should take that helps you pick and choose the right personality, the right type of person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Because if you really think about it, I think it's the biggest and most important decision we make in our entire life. It really is. And, you know, balancing kids and a career is so challenging. And, you know, every single person faces their, you know, has their own burdens. There's no one that we look at and we say, oh, they have it so easy. It's not true. No one has it so easy. And so I think it's so important to figure out what, given that life, you know, is, is, is a series of, of, of wonderful things and also, you know, speed bumps you're going to hit, who can you face that with and really do it most successfully with? And often it's a person who's going to make your life a little bit easier, not harder. And if you're battling with someone about whether your career is important or not, it's already too hard to have a career in kids, let alone have that battle internally at home. So the reason I think it's so important to pick the right spouse is because, you know, you need someone who's also going to be able to pick up your kids sometimes and, you know, be home for dinner if you have to be at a work event at night and really sort of, you know, 
I know for me, I don't really feel guilty if I'm at a speaking engagement at night or a book party or whatever it is I have to do for my job. If I'm there but my husband is at home for dinner with yeah. the kids, I really have no guilt because he's a great dad, and I know that my kids are with another parent. And that's not to say that we don't get babysitters a couple times a week at night, but, but at the same time, I think most nights they're with at least one parent. And, you know, we, we really balance each other that way. My husband's an entrepreneur as well, and I think we really have, a, you know, some weeks I'm doing most of it, some weeks he's doing most of it, and we really have a great balance. Oh, that's such great advice. And I think you're so right about the word guilt. Sam, so many times as moms, as parents, we just have that guilt factor. And it kind of like, in a way, it's kind of that negative energy that there's no time for that. There's only so many hours in the day. And if we really want to move forward, I love the fact, and I agree with you 100%, if my husband's with the kids, I don't even think twice about work and doing what I have to do. If I do have my kids with the sitter, I have to say, I'm calling home, I'm making sure the kids are okay, you know, so I agree. That's a great point. So that's your tip number one. It sounds like you have other tips up your sleeve for balancing work and family, Sam. Absolutely. I think that the other thing that's so key is really realizing that guilt is a completely wasted emotion and that when you are doing something you love, you will eventually inspire your own children. And, you know, rather than feeling like, oh, my gosh, I'm at work late, it's an inspiration for your kids to see their, their mother or their father, you know, doing something that they're really passionate about and love. That is not to say that you, you can substitute that for time spent with your kids. I think that, you know, when I see a traditional sort of Ozzie and Harriet marriage where um, a dad is never at home and never with the kids, you know, no matter how wonderful that mother is, it can't make up for a lack of relationship with a father. And I think it's so important to raising healthy kids is that both mom and dad are involved. And I think that each of them having, you know, time with the kids is so important. So one of the other ways I think of balancing is, you know, for me, I'm always the class mom of my, my, my daughter's class. It's very important to me, even though it's, a, it's definitely, it takes up a lot of time, but it takes up time that I can handle. It's like emails at night or, you know, a quick meeting right after drop-off in the morning. It's just for my flexible schedule, I can do it, and it makes me feel like I'm super involved in what's going on at school, and I never feel like I'm missing a beat, even on the days that I can't pick up my kids. So it's a way for me to stay involved, and even if my babysitter is picking up the kids, I know exactly what's going on at school because I'm the class mom, so I'm the first line of sort of information. That's just one thing that works for me. So I think everyone has to find the balance that works for them. I think having really, um, really good child care is important. And if you're Uh just starting your business and you you can't afford child care, do a swap with a neighbor where you watch all the kids on Tuesdays and they watch them on Wednesdays. But I do think that you can't do anything if you never have any help. Yeah, I think you're so right about that, Sam. And I love the fact that you're so, the fact that um, I remember you making a quote that the reason why you had written some of your books was because the fact is, it's not like years ago that we had the grandmother living in the house with us. A lot of, like, I'm one of 11 kids, Sam. Wow, that's remarkable. 
I have 10 siblings. And the funny thing is I married my husband who has eight siblings. He's one of nine, which is really insane. But besides that, my point of the matter here is that it's different. I have 10 siblings and I have nobody that lives near me. It's um, everybody lives at least an hour and a half away from me. So if I have a business meeting or if I have to be in Manhattan for the day, it becomes like a big chore for me to have my kids covered for the entire day. Right. I understand. That's why I think you're so right. It's super, super important to not only have plan A with good child care, but also try to have plan B because you never know what could happen with that one person. So I love yeah. your and, you know, suggestion. And I think being, no, no matter how, if you work one of these intense jobs that is just making it so you're never a drop off or pick up, you have to find some other way to bond with the parents in your kids' classes because I, I have relied so many times on other moms helping me out in terms of picking up my kids or, you know, a last minute play date. It's just so important to have that support system. And so for us, we really don't have grandparent support in terms of we have no help at all from our grandparents. So for us, you know, it's, we're doing it alone, my husband and I, and, and we uh-huh. have had, you know, you just have to really build your network wherever you live around the fact that you have people you can count on outside of your family. Yeah, I think that's so, so important. And then the other thing is, you know, I've I've convinced my husband of this when he's hired, and I think um, that he he will now say the most efficient worker you can hire is a working mom. And he really believes that (laughs) because you cannot be at the water cooler chit-chatting about your weekend. You're at your desk figuring it out, you know, scheduling that meeting or going to a lunch. You're, You're working all the time as efficiently as possible because you just don't have that kind of time in the day. You can't, you don't have the luxury that you might have had when you were single, you know, in terms of in terms of not being super, super efficient. I think you're so right about that. And those are really super amazing tips. So I'm so happy you shared that with us. So Samantha, we have so much to pick your brain about. And I'm dying to know about the personal branding. And before we hop into that, I have a question for you. So Sam, you wear a lot of different hats. As far as personal branding goes, like on Twitter, do you recommend, like I'm dying to do Paying It Forward, somehow a a Twitter name for Paying It Forward, but is it just smart to just keep, like right now my Twitter name is Glovies, which is my product and everybody knows me as Glovies. What is your feeling about that? Maybe I really should be Josephine Gerasi on Twitter. So you wear lots of different hats like I do. What is your right. recommendation for okay, that? So, so let's let's take you as a case study for the listeners. So you okay. have you you are you're an entrepreneur who runs Glovies. You're a host of a radio show, and you're a mother. Or is, am I missing anything else? Well, um, let's see what else I do. Well, I did write a book that I am going to probably resurrect very soon. Um, that was a book written, and I was working with Random House, and it was like 13 years ago, and it was on the back burner, and then somebody had read it recently, and they said, you're crazy to keep this. This will help so many people. What's so, the topic? 
It's actually, um, my listeners know, uh, my first husband had passed away of brain cancer. And I was very young at the time, but there were so many lessons learned in that whole experience, Sam, mm-hmm. that I felt, why keep those lessons learned to myself? There's so much that when somebody gets sick, lots of times it happens later on in life. And maybe a 70 or 80-year-old person isn't going to know that you really need your medical records, a copy right. of them. So that's the kind of basis of of the book. So we need to get that resurrected. So let's just say that, you know, okay. there's... So, let, so that's, that's a little off topic from your other brand, right? Because so right. you do this show about small business, you're an entrepreneur. Those are both very symbiotic with your brand. Um, in terms of that book, it, it actually sounds completely fascinating. And I personally love hearing about I think everyone has a story, and I love hearing people's stories. Yeah. Oh, here we go with another break. See, Sam, this is going too quick, this interview. (laughs) But we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back. And I can't wait to hear all about personal branding from Sam Edis. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, right after these on Toginet.com. Renowned and gifted psychic medium, Sylvia Rossi, explores the mysteries of this life, the afterlife, and the unseen world that surrounds us all in the show called Make Contact with Sylvia Rossi, Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central here on Toginet. Sylvia Rossi with her special guests and other fellow psychics invite you to call in and make contact with the world beyond and get answers to your questions. Psychic medium Sylvia Rossi has been sharing her gift professionally for the last 17 years. Sylvia has made it her mission to help individuals and families understand their eternal connection to loved ones that have passed on, bringing relief and comfort to countless souls who have been touched by her gift. She's had the privilege of meeting and working with many psychologists who continue to recommend their clients to her when conventional methods have failed. Now it's your turn to make contact with host and psychic medium Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. The trick to getting published with your host, Florence Blake. Friday nights at 9, 8 Central on Toginet.com. Flo has seen it, done it, and now can share from her experiences as a newspaper staff reporter, feature writer, freelance editor, and college writing instructor. And now Flo has authored a system whereby her students enjoy a 90% success rate in attaining publication of their manuscripts for the first time. In just four years, she has over 800 of her own articles published in national magazines, newspapers, and anthologies. Author of several books, including the powerful memoir, The Sicilian Nobleman's Daughter, Florence has advised and edited professors, deans, PhDs, and hundreds of students' writings before submission. And now it's your turn. Join us Friday nights with your questions. Most of Flo's students say they've learned much and thoroughly enjoyed the journey. It's the trick to getting published with your host, Flo Blake. Friday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome. 
Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we have Sam Edis, and we're just talking about personal branding, and Sam is kind enough to use me as a case study. So, Sam, we were just saying how I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a host of the radio show. I'm a mom of three kids. Um, I have this book that I had written. Um, I would love to get into blogging. So, okay. I, so, so let's talk. Hats. So your brand is very typical of a woman entrepreneur who's also a mom. There's, you know, you feel like you wear so many hats. For example, Twitter. Who should you be on Twitter? And right now, you are your company name, which is Glovies. But at the same time, you're doing your you're you're doing yourself a disservice because Glovies is only one part of all the other things you do. And now, so, Sam, what you, let me what, just tell you one thing. Yeah, this is even worse, and I think I did this wrong. Glovies is the name of my product. My company name, just to make everything more complicated, is My Mom Knows Best. Now, Glovies okay, that's how be- I knew you as My Mom Knows Best. That's what I kept thinking in my head. So, okay, okay. so that is, that is very complicated. So, yeah. So, and for example, your company might launch another product next year. You don't know. It's not like it's just going to be a one-product wonder. And, you know, authors make the same mistake. I always say to authors, never use your, your book name as your Twitter handle because one day you're going to do another book, and then people only knew you as the name of that book. And so okay. it's so important to have your author name. In your case, I think it's important for every business to have a Twitter handle because, for example, if I buy Glovies and fall in love with the product, you want me to be able to write on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is, oh, I just bought Glovies. I can't wait to buy another pack. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them to all my friends. They're so useful for anyone who's, like, going to the bath, you know, with a young person going on the potty or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so you want me to be able to say that on Twitter, and if you didn't have that business handle for Glovies, I couldn't do that. So you, and you want to be able to respond to customers and interact with customers. So you do need that, but you also need a second Twitter handle, which is your personal Twitter handle. And that could, you know, Joe, your, your name happens to be super long, and yeah. so I don't love the idea of you having your first and last name together because it makes it difficult on Twitter for people to retweet you and interact with you and remember your name. So yours is a, a more complicated than most people. I'm Samantha Edis on Twitter, and that that is, is I would say, as long as I would go. That's, it seems really long to me, my Twitter handle. I wish it wasn't as long. So you want a short and sweet Twitter handle. What you, you, know, you might want to do, Josephine, and just your initial um, – but I do, or you could do just Miss Joseph, you know, Miss Josephine, or something like that, or um, Josephine, you know, Josephine. Or maybe Joe Jurassic. What do you think about that? That sounds Sam? good. I like that. That sounds just J O G R A C I. Yeah. Especially if you don't mind people calling you Joe, then I think that's great. Okay. So I, that's you know, you, I think you need something like that, and I do think it's really important because then you would, for example, say every time you have a guest on your radio show, you'd be able to promote it and say, "Going live in a few minutes with so and so on my radio show." So that would make okay. more sense. Okay, that sounds really good. And then, how do I bring my um, paying it forward into that? Well, I would do that from your personal Twitter handle. So I would talk okay. every week about your radio show, and I would say, you can't say enough on things that, you know, hopefully a lot of your listeners are on Twitter, and if they're not, they're going to be on it. Because I try to tell everyone, even if you are not someone, a lot of people say, I don't want to be on Twitter because I don't want to have to tweet. I don't want to have to write things every day. I have nothing to say. That's what people think, okay? Mm-hmm. So I always say to them, then just consume, because you can't be good at whatever you're doing if you're not listening. And whatever industry 
three years in, you want to be able to listen to what people are saying. Now, at this point, I, I mean, I call Twitter an acquired taste. It took me a long time to appreciate its value. I uh-huh. think that you should just go on there and follow people in your industry. So if you are a chef or if you're starting a business in the car washing industry, you do a search and follow as many people who are prominent in that industry as possible, and you can use it as a free listening tool for what's going on in your industry. If you're a female entrepreneur, go on there and find out who the top people who are talking about female entrepreneurship are and start and start following them, and you immediately are tapping into an expert resource. And if you want to network with someone on Twitter, the easiest thing to do is just start emailing them directly, replying to things they say on Twitter, and they immediately will interact with you. Most people respond to people who, who sort of do an at sign with their name on Twitter. I mean, I think you're so right. And Sam, how about Liz Lang? She replies to every single thing that anybody ever sends to her. I thought that was amazing. As a business owner, she feels adamant that all of her responses have to come from her personally. And I think that has a lot to do with why she's got such a strong brand, because people believe in her. I think it is remarkable what Liz Lang has done on Twitter. Liz Lang, for those listeners who you know don't know, is is the preeminent name in maternity wear, and she put stylish maternity maternity wear on the map. And you know she's she's now a designer. She's you know she's on HSN. She does so many things, and she's a perfect example of an entrepreneur who's keeping up her brand by being super active on Twitter. And she replies to every single person that that talks to her. And people are in shock. They're like, oh my gosh, the famous. Liz Lang is responding to me, you know, and you're, it just, it's an amazing thing, and I think she really understands it. Gary Vaynerchuk, who first got me on Twitter, you know, he now has 900,000 Twitter followers. He believes in replying to every single person. At this point, it's not quite possible for him, but he thinks no one should have someone tweeting for them, unless you're a company, in which case it's okay. Okay, I agree with that 100%, because like we were talking about on break, you know, Sam, it's that voice, it's that internal voice that comes from each individual. How could you pass that on to somebody else? Exactly, and I think that that's what's so key. I mean, if someone was impersonating Liz Lang, for example, she has such a strong personality, you would immediately know what's wrong with Liz. It doesn't sound like her. Yeah, I think you're so right, and um, oh gosh, the name is leaving me right now but she has this amazing new um what i guess it's a blog that she's doing with her sister do you Shop know the frolic yeah oh, Shop Shop frolic. Frolic. yeah I, meanwhile i look at it practically every day and it just slipped my mind but i love it she did such a great job it's all it's i just see the two sisters going back and forth standing in front of a closet saying look how cool this is i would wear this so anyway <laughs> For the mom entrepreneurs out there, you need to check that out because it really has some great suggestions on what to wear. (laughs) Okay, so now back to Twitter. So it's Joe Girassi. So now I'm Joe Girassi, and it doesn't matter what I'm talking about. I could talk about my business. I could talk about my radio show. I could even talk about my book if I want. Absolutely, and I think for people that are going to get on Twitter, you know, there's a perfect recipe I like to say, which is a couple of retweets. So you're retweeting things that other people have said, a couple of replies, and a couple of original content things where you're linking to an article you found interesting or you're just saying something about your own life. Um, and I think it's really important to keep it personal. And that sort of brings me to just my theories and personal branding. I think that it's so important to realize that every time you interact with the world, whether it's 
at a PTA meeting or at work or in the office or at a business lunch or at dinner with friends, you are doing something to exude and, and message something about your personal brand. And so be, having a very strong sense of what you want your personal brand to be and project is essential to achieving your goals and really accomplishing what you're setting out to do. Okay, that's really interesting. So it's almost working backwards, huh, Sam? I mean, I think it's so important for everyone to know what their goals are. Where do you yeah. want to be in five years? Where do you want to be next year? Susie Welch, who I really, really love, she has, a, you know, she has a book called Ten, 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 which is where do you want to be in ten months? Where do you want to be in ten years? And where do you want to be in in um, in ten days? And it's all about really figuring out what your plans are long term. And once you can do that, it allows you to accomplish so many things. So, for example, you know, when you, when, when you look at, let's say you wanted to enter X industry or you want to be more prominent in your existing industry, it's so important to feel like you have a, to realize whether your network is strong or not. And if you don't have an expansive network to work on building it, and your network speaks volumes about your personal brand. And I, I like to say you're only as powerful as your network. If you realize that your network consists of your neighbor and your friend from high school and your husband or your wife, you're not doing anything for your personal brand. You need to be getting out there and meeting people. And, you know, just as I met you at that conference, you attended a conference, you approached people that you respected and admired, and you booked future guests, or you suddenly built a network for yourself on Twitter. It's just not that hard. People, um, I think, intimidate and talk themselves out of expanding their networks thinking that they don't have a lot of value to add, but they really do, you know, and I always like to say, especially for women, that, you know, everyone has a bad day. I have a bad day. Uh You have a bad day. We all have bad days, and those are days for filing. They're not days for going to a networking event or, you know, sending people cold emails. Those are not the days. Those are days that you do filing or you, you know, declutter your office. (laughs) They're not days that you should be out in the world, but, you know, most days you're feeling better about yourself and you're feeling good. And then there's a couple of, like, quick tricks I have, which is everyone should have, like, a couple of go-to outfits that just, they put something on, it makes them feel good about themselves. If they go through their closet and their things that don't fit and they've tried it on a zillion times, it never feels quite right, give it away. If it's, okay. if it's something that's too big, go to a tailor, and it's like you have an instantly new wardrobe. But I, I always think it starts with how you feel about, you know, when you look in the mirror before you leave your, your house, your apartment, are you feeling good about yourself? And that's the first step towards having a good day and projecting confidence. And all of the things that project confidence lead to a stronger personal brand. Oh, I think you're so right about that, Sam. Is that why you're so put together every single day? <laughs> you, Thank you. you I really don't know are. About that, but I, Sam, I, do... I, I just keep thinking about that um, that conference. What it was pouring for three days constantly. Do you remember that? Yeah. And, Everybody was having a bad hair day. Every person in that audience had a bad hair day. And it just baffled me how every presenter that got up there had no frizz, perfectly blown out hair. Did Tori have like a hairdresser in the background for everybody? She did not. But, you know, I think that when when you're a presenter or speaker, I always feel like it's my obligation to look as good as possible. So one of the things I do when every presenter I talk to had done is Uh to get a a professional blowout. It costs 
$30. You go to your local hair salon, you have them wash and blow dry your hair, and you look like a million bucks when you leave. <laughs> I, I think that was great. The only problem was the show started at 8 in the morning. The conference started at 8, and I don't know how everybody <laughs> squeezed it in. But, um, but that's so important. I think you're so right. Pull yourself together so that your confidence just says it all, and um, the sky's the limit as far as that goes. But here we are up on another break here, and um, we're going to have some great, great tips on personal branding. So we'll be right back with Sam. Mattis. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Hello, everybody. This is Pete Dix asking if you'll join me on Beatles and Beyond on this radio station. What a show I've got in store for you. Not only all the Apple reissues that I'll be looking at, some very rare tracks indeed, a report on my evening watching and listening to Neil Innes of the Ruttles and the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. So please join me, Pete Dix with Beatles and Beyond, on this radio station. Multi-ethnic church with Mark DeMoss. Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, is a show that passionately addresses the question, if the kingdom of heaven is not segregated, then why on earth is your local church? They call us Yes, increasingly, our diverse population and the diverse families it's producing is reshaping the face of the local church as people are beginning to recognize the power and beauty of walking, working, and worshiping God together with others of different backgrounds. How can your church overcome the obstacles, and why should you even try? Join a live chat with guests from around the country and the world to learn the effectiveness of churches in the 21st century beyond race and class distinction. This show has its pulse on what it will take for the church to find real reconciliation in our generation. So tune in for the Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, here on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Toginet.com. everyone. So we have Sam Edis, and Sam, we are going to talk about, um, Sam's going to actually teach us some tricks on personal branding. So tell us, Sam, what do we need to know here? <laughs> okay, so, so I, you know, I write a column for Forbes.com um, called Personahood, and I talk all about how you can sort of master your personal brand and enhance your own personal brand. And I think there's a lot of simple tricks that can just sort of spice up your personal brand. So I'll just go through a few of them, and then if you have any questions on them, um, we can talk about them in more depth. Um, the first one is I always think that when, when Pete, and I see this mistake constantly, and I think I probably used to make the same mistake as well, but when people are introduced to you, when you're introducing anyone to another person, always use first and last names. It's so important because how many Debbies are there or Sues or Bobs or Roberts or, or Jennies? There, there's just so many duplicates of a name and even Samantha's a 
quite a popular name, and I want to be remembered as Samantha Edis. I don't want them to mistake me with another Samantha. I want them to know who I am. So it's really important to always say your first and last name when you're introduced or when you're introducing yourself. Um, also, the firm handshake. I My first job um, out of high school was in human resources at Viacom. And I, you know, I was I was obviously only 18, and it was right before I was starting college, and they put me in charge of sifting through the resumes, and um, and I was also the one who greeted the secretarial pool who, who were interviewing for jobs, and they taught me, you know, if someone had a limp handshake, they're pretty much disqualified. It's it's so important <laughs> to have a firm handshake, not that you're breaking someone's hand, but firm enough so they feel like there's a person behind it, and not someone who's super insecure. If you give a wet noodle handshake, you are exuding insecurity and not confidence. And most people don't want to hire or work with someone who is, you know, terribly insecure. Yeah, Sam, I was so lucky to have been taught that very early on in my career. And I think you're so right. With a nice, firm handshake, you're showing your confidence. Exactly. Super important. And I also also talk a lot about positivity. I think that, you know, even when we're not feeling great, pretend you are. Most people, you know, if you, my husband in his office, they used to have an office manager. He'd say, hey, how are you? And she would say, oh, gosh, did I tell you I'm I'm struggling with my car payments? People do not want to hear that. Right. (laughs) Save that for your spouse or your best friends. But when you are at work or you're in a business setting or you're just meeting someone and someone says how you are, unless things are super, super grim, you know, give a smile and say, I'm doing well. How are you? People don't want to hear about your problems. They, they have their own problems and save that for trusted friends. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing is really being positive. I think that, you know, there, we all know people who say things like, of course, it would rain on my birthday. Well, if you need to go to the statistics to prove it, it has nothing to do with your birthday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Everyone has an equal chance of it raining on their birthday. And don't be that person. You know, try to look at the sunny side of things. Because luck kind of, I really believe that things happen to you that you invite. So if you're the kind of person that's saying, of course it's raining when I didn't bring the umbrella, or whatever whatever that negative thing that is constantly that sort of, that, that sort of tape recorder that's playing in your head, that uh-huh. invites more negativity because people don't, people are subconsciously repelled by people who exude negativity. And so that's why then you're getting rejected by that person or then that deal is not working out or that job interview is not working out. And I think that we have to realize that so much of a personal brand is just projecting a smile and positivity and looking people in the eye and smiling as much as possible. Um, you know, I think that's a great point. And Sam, one thing that I recently read um, in an article that they were talking about if you find yourself being negative what you should do is get a rubber band and put a rubber band on one of your wrists and every time you say something negative kind of snap that rubber band and all of a sudden you start to see that you've got a little bit of a pattern going on that maybe you really are too negative so hopefully <laughs> I'm, not, you'll... I'm not big on physical abuse so I don't really believe, I don't ascribe to that theory I think we can just talk about it and make you more positive <laughs> Um, it sounds good, but yeah. So, and, and then the other thing is, you know, we to, to boost your own self-esteem, give other people compliments. When you give compliments, you get returns in spades. People immediately mm-hmm. sort of open up to you. Their body language opens up. They immediately become more comfortable around you. And so offering up compliments is a huge boon to 
to sort of your own day in addition to other people's day. Um, the other thing I like to say is, you know, well, we've all been there when you have to cancel a plan and you feel so guilty that you're saying, I have to cancel not only because, you know, I have a sick kid at home and my nanny cancels, but I also have, you know, this thing tonight. When you give more than one excuse, none of it sounds plausible. So okay. always stick to one excuse at a time. If you have to cancel something or you have to turn something in late or you have to disappoint someone, use one excuse only, even if it's a three-excuse reason. That's <laughs> a great excuse. idea. I never thought of that. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> um, and then there are certain easy things that we can all do. We don't need a master's degree to show up on time. When you show up on time, you're showing that you respect the other person and that you have the ability to meet deadlines. So that's just an easy thing we can all do. Um, I always like to say this one. It, it kind of surprises people. But attend your reunions. Don't be the person who doesn't go to their college reunion or their high school reunion. If there's a reunion, go to it. You never know what kind of opportunities are going to be there to meet new people, to expand your network, to, you know, just reconnect with old friends. It's just such a nice um, sort of just a way to sort of lift, lift up your own life. And, uh, and so I, I just always think it, if possible, you should always attend your reunions. Um, and also, yeah. you know, Storytelling is a huge part of a personal brand. So a lot of us look back at our checkered careers, and it really does look like a checkerboard. You're like, I don't even, I can't even relate that job to this one. So how right. would I convince someone else that it makes sense? I can, I can hear anyone's, anyone's sort of career history and tell a story for them. And you can, too, if you just really think about what the themes are. So, for example, in my own life, my first job out of college, I worked at Creative Artist Agency, which was a talent agency in Hollywood. I then went to work for Ted Turner's film studio. I then went to work in ad sales at PC Computing Magazine. I then went to work at Nickelodeon on a TV show called Blue's Clues for two years. Oh, that's funny. I then got my MBA at Harvard Business School. I then launched my talent agency for personality-driven brands. And then I launched my book series. When you hear that, you're like, hold on, how does that make sense? To me, I've always had a career in media. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's all I need to say. And, and people get it. And I think that when you can connect the dots for other people, you make your entire story sing. So that's really important. Oh, that, that is so great. That is really great. So, um, Sam, we have a question on board here. Do you have to give a reason when canceling an appointment? Does anyone care why? I think that if you, sometimes, you know, if it's an important, if it's a close contact um, or it's a big deal that you're canceling, you absolutely uh -huh. have to give a reason. Um, I was recently at a, an event where there was a speaker I was really looking forward to hearing, and she didn't. She called that morning. Apparently, called the conference organizer and said she couldn't make it. And I was. I have a friendly relationship with her, and I emailed her saying, "Are you going to be there tonight?" And she said, "Oh, I had to pull out at the last minute." I thought it was very odd that she didn't explain why. I thought it was very odd. And I think even if it's saying something broad like I had a family emergency. It's right. important to give some sort of reason so people don't think you're flaky. If you're canceling a doctor's appointment, they don't need to hear why. But if it's right. any sort of personal relationship that you want to continue, yes, right. give a reason. Or even a business relationship, right? Absolutely, so, and I consider those personal too. So if you're, yeah, if okay. you're meeting a, a, you know, a business relationship that's going to be an ongoing relationship, then absolutely give a reason. And it could be broad. It really can. Okay. I think that's great. 
So um, let's see. I'm going to check the time here. Yeah, I just got a thank you from the um, person who sent in that question. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, they were very happy with that. It's hard because I'm listening with one ear and then I'm reading with the um, online here, but it's going well. So, Sam, with just three minutes left to go on our show, I just feel a need to say... Um, I have to say, I was watching Oprah yesterday, and today I feel should be a national Oprah day with her last day, her last show. I was crying watching the show yesterday. I don't think my children have ever seen me cry. And they were looking at me, they're like, Mommy, but what's the matter? Are you sad? I said, no, I am just so touched that this one woman has touched so many lives. And everybody is so sad to see her go. I don't think she's going very very far or for very long. I know she'll probably be back. But my question here is, um, I'm going to throw out one of Oprah's questions. So as far as business goes, Sam, I thought we could wrap up the show with asking you, what do you know for sure when it comes to running a successful business? Oh, well, first let me go back to your Oprah comment. I saw it, too, and I was crying as well. And I think, oh. um, I think <laughs> one lesson we can all learn from Oprah, I'm about to write a column on this exact subject, but her empathy is unmatched. And I think that we can, if you are not an empathetic person by nature, become uh-huh. one. Because the most successful people in terms of relating to others are ones that have empathy for other people. And what Oprah has, we can't bottle. And it's a very rare person that has the level of empathy that she does, where she can relate to such a vast array of people. Um, when When it comes to small business owners, I think that no matter how small your or big your business is that you're running, no matter what product it is, the fundamentals are the same, and you are going to have to run a business, and you are going to have to figure out insurance, and you are going to have to incorporate and deal with lawyers, and you mm-hmm. will sort of, I always call it the yucky part of business, just because uh-huh. it's not the fun part. You know, we're all passionate about an idea, and then suddenly we're stuck in the office dealing with paperwork, and that's just the nature of any business. So because uh-huh. you are dealing with those things, it is so important to be passionate about what your product is. And if you are asked anywhere, whether you are at your child, you know, baseball game on the weekend, or you are on vacation with your family, if anyone asks you what you do, never ever miss an opportunity to, you know, really excitedly talk about what it is that you do. Oh, that's wonderful, wonderful information and so important to network and get your information out. So, Sam, before we close our show, can you tell my guests real quick how they can get in touch with you? Sure. Well, I'm very active on Twitter, so anyone can sort of interact with me and connect with me on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is at Samantha Edis, S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A-E-T-T-U-S. And then my website is expertsmedia.com, and I love to hear from people, so I hope to hear from your, your listeners. Oh, this is perfect. Well, Sam, I have to thank you so much. I know you have a very busy, hectic schedule, but you have paid your knowledge forward today, and I'm so appreciative. Thank, thank you, you so You're much. You're a wonderful host. Thanks so much, Josephine. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Have a great day, and I'll see all my listeners next week on Paying It Forward. Have a great week, everyone. 
Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Toginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons 